Yeah, the search for the truth is what takes us back to our true nature, is what takes us to happiness. But culturally, we're really taught to believe in certain concepts. And then we're supposed to stick with that, stick with a certain job, stick with a certain circle of friends or relationship. And yet the reality of our lives is that we are continuously changing. So it's out of integrity to say, this is going to stay the same now. Even if you do your best, it will not stay the same, not forever. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 42 of Be More Well. My guest today is the legendary Martha Beck. We're going to be talking about her latest book and how to find your true self. But first, thank you so much for listening. Be More Well is a wellness-focused podcast hosted by me, Jeff St. Pierre. Now, what do I know about wellness? The answer almost nothing, but that's exactly why I started this podcast. I wanted to talk to people from all across the wellness spectrum, anybody who's got a story to tell about how they've found mindfulness and wellness in their life. Ultimately, my goal here with this show is to provide you with some information and some inspiration that will help you be happier, healthier, be less stressed, be more mindful. Ultimately, I just want you all to be more well. All right, so first things first, I've got some changes coming to Be More Well. If you listen to each episode, you've probably noticed that I've been a little inconsistent over these last couple of months. There's a couple reasons for that, and I'm going to lay them all out for you in a special Be More Well interlude episode on Monday, May 3rd. I don't want to take the attention off this week's conversation with the legendary Martha Beck because she's so inspiring and talented with her words. So again, I'm going to share this uh, Be More Well update with you in just a couple of days on Monday, May 3rd. Now, when you hear the word integrity, the, the first impression you get is probably of a very honest and truthful person. You know, that type of person that you know will always have your back. That kind of person has integrity. But integrity also means the state of being whole and undivided. Yes, I did look up the exact definition because I wanted to make sure I had it for you. But that's what Martha's latest book is about. It's about finding your true self, your whole self. Now, we let ourselves get so spread out. Cultural norms and unspoken rules convince us to give up our true self just to follow the line. But we are happiest when we're whole, when we have integrity. So how do we get there? There's so many obstacles. I know for me, the biggest challenge I have is getting through other people. No matter how much I want to change myself, there's always other people around me that aren't ready for that. It's tough. It's hard to convince them that it's okay that I'm making these changes. Martha Beck turns to the classic piece of work, Dante's Inferno. Amazingly, probably one of the original self-help books, but I never really thought of it that way. As she lays it out, there's so much inspiring information in it. Of all the books I've read over the last year and the people that I've spoken with since starting this podcast, this one I think has meant more to me than any of them. I really pulled a lot out of Martha's book here and this conversation. Before we jump into the conversation, just a couple quick things for you. First, be sure to follow Be More Well on whatever platform you're using right now so you will be notified of all future episodes and updates. I would appreciate it if you could rate the show and leave a review. That kind of interaction really helps the podcast powers that be know which shows are making an impact, and it helps to suggest them to new listeners. It would be amazing if you could take a minute or two here and rate and review this podcast. And lastly, we are on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Be More Well Podcast. Please feel free to send me a DM with any comments or questions or even guest or topic ideas. I do love hearing from you on what you'd like to learn more about. Hi there. Hey, how are you today? I'm so sorry I'm late. My last interview ran long. Oh my gosh. Of all the people that I'm speaking with, it is no surprise to me that your interviews are going long today. I just imagine <laughs> people have so much they want to talk to you about. 
I want to talk to them, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Martha Beck, it, it's truly a pleasure to have a chance to uh, have a conversation with you. I, I've known about you for quite some time. I've read many of your uh-huh. articles and, and books. So it's just, it's so great to finally get a chance to actually sit down and have a conversation. Oh, thank you, Jeff. I'm so grateful to be here. You know, it's funny, I, I'm not a spiritual person, but I do find that sometimes the world presents things to you at the time that you need them. And it, right before this mm-hmm. interview, I just happened to see, uh, scrolling through Instagram, killing a couple minutes, somebody posted a quote that said, you've made it through 100% of your bad days. And just that quote just made me think of a lot of the things that I was reading about in your book. You know what I mean? You have the strength, wow. you have the strength to get through so many of your challenges. Yeah. As long as you're true to yourself, it's like, I believe that we're born with a true nature that has a program for our life's purpose and all the best things, the best choices we could make. Unfortunately, soon after we're born, we run into culture. So family culture, school culture, whatever. And I mean, the social pressure that says, here's how to behave. And so with the best of intentions, trying to be good, we leave our true nature and we start pleasing other people and we join the culture. Integrity means to be one thing intact and undivided. And so we're born that way. But the second we abandon ourselves, we're split, we're in duplicity. Part of us knows our deepest truth and another part of us isn't acting on it because it's joining in with the people around us. And that hurts. And getting our integrity back is the way to stop hurting. And I do want to dive more into that because that's what your book is all about, called The Way of Integrity, Finding the Path to Your True Self. And I just want to say, I do love the book, but at the same time, I hate writing in books. <laughs> that's a thing for me. I feel, I don't know if it goes back to taking, you know, books out of the library, but I see all your workbook stuff and I'm like, this is amazing. What great questions. Ooh, but I just can't bring myself to write in this book. I need a pad of paper. I know, right? My agent was like, you got to put in exercises. I was like, I never do exercises in books. She was like, well, I do. Turns out a lot of people know. I, you know but it I, would be against your integrity to write in a book, so don't do it. I, I will not. And I have seen that popping up a lot more. And I'm not sure if it's if it's a way to hammer a point home more or if it's a way to keep the reader engaged. I'm not really sure why there seems to be a bigger shift towards that, but I have noticed it a lot more recently. It's actually because people have different natures. And there are some people like you and me, we like to work with action. We go straight ahead and you can diagnose this psychologically. It's not a problem. It's a personality type. Some people really like to sit and write. And for those people, great. Let make all the workbooks in the world. They tend to be people who buy a lot of books. You and I just don't do that. And that is absolutely fine. (laughs) Uh, I was listening to an interview that you did with Oprah recently, and I know you've written a lot for O Magazine. And she said 17 years you've been writing for O? Yep. What an amazing accomplishment. Wow, that's that's crazy. Congratulations. That's a really big accomplishment. (laughs) Thank you. It's a lot of all-nighters is what it was. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my articles do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's how we all work, right? In this business, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I have loved it. I, I do feel like you were kind of ahead of the curve. And we we hear the term life coach a lot more mm-hmm. now, but you seem to be ahead of the curve uh, for that. You jumped out earlier than I feel like you were hearing that term a lot more. So what was that like to be sort of a pioneer in that world? I didn't know it was happening. I, I got a PhD in sociology and became, a professor but during my phd program i had a son with down syndrome and i had to decide very late in the pregnancy whether to keep him or not i'm pro-choice but i did keep him and it kind of bumped me out of academia i started thinking what's the reason for a person to exist and i decided that it was joy and academia didn't bring me 
much joy. But I was teaching business school when my students started to hire me to, to just talk to them about their lives. And so I kept talking to them and they started paying me more and more. And I thought, well, this beats working. And then I read in them, I literally read in USA Today that I had become a life coach. I did not know. I'd never heard the term. <laughs> That's great. I love it. it was so organic for you. And I didn't know much about your background. I, I mean, like I said before, I had read articles by you and I had read some of your works, but I, I didn't know much about you personally. And what I love about your backstory is that you've never really shut everything off and stuck with one belief. You've been open to other things coming into your life. And I feel like that is such a challenge that people have. They just get stuck in their belief and they refuse to say, well, okay, I do believe in this, but let me explore this other thing just to see. Right. And, and you've always been open to the ex exploration. I, and I wish more people would do that. Yeah, the search for the truth is what takes us back to our true nature, is what takes us to happiness. But culturally, we're, we're really taught to believe in certain concepts. And then we're, we're supposed to stick with that, stick with a certain job, stick with a certain circle of friends or relationship. And yet the reality of our lives is that we are continuously changing. So it's out of integrity to say, this is going to stay the same now. Even if you do your best, it will not stay the same, not forever. So it's more in the truth to say, I am on a path, I'm in a river of change, and I'm gonna relax my grip on things and see where this current takes me. And when you do that, there's this kind of ease and peace and you re realize that your own personal integrity is putting you in harmony with reality and everything becomes so much easier. But as you said, it goes against the culture. So people cling. Culture is such an important thing. And I loved reading about that in your book because it really it really does impact us in so many ways. And I think the pandemic in a lot of ways has, at least for me, helped me open my eyes to some of those things that I was doing just because they were culturally appropriate. Exactly. And what you just said there too, about how they're, we're, we're constantly changing. You know, we have had friends in our lives. My wife and I, we're talking about this. We still wish them well and we're, they're great people, but they were friends for a particular time in our lives. And, and maybe now they don't fit into that equation, but yet maybe sometimes we're forcing it because it's culturally appropriate to try to stay in that group but life changes and it's time to move exactly. on. Exactly. And our true selves are always saying, take one step this way. And it's never more than one step. This whole, my whole book is very gentle, gradual methodology for finding your truth. But just, you know, in that moment that you're sitting with something and they, somebody, and they say something and you know, it's just, you're not going to see eye to eye ever. You'll feel your internal self take a little bit step away, not out of hatred or judgment, but because you need to stay true to yourself and in the company of people who can let you become your true self. Because if they're pressuring against your true self, you will fall out of integrity and you'll start to hate it. <laughs> so I, I do want to talk a little bit more about that point, but I think what ties into that is how in this book, The Way of Integrity, you took a lot of influence from Dante's The Divine Comedy. And you actually broke it down into sections based on that uh, that classic tale that so many of us know, or maybe we didn't read in college when we were supposed to, like myself. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to go back, but it's interesting. Like, what I wonder: Did you read that and get inspired to write the book? Write the book, or was it kind of all one thing that worked together? Well, when I read it for college when I was 18 and I was, I'd been depressed as long as I could remember. And I read everything as a self-help book because I didn't know any better. Every book I just like, help me, please help me. So Dante says in the middle of my life, he starts out, I just came to myself in this place that I didn't like. I didn't know how I got here and I didn't know how to get out. And I thought, well, I can 
identify with that. He calls it the dark wood of error. And this is the first part of my book. Now to get out of the dark wood of error, he has to go through the inferno. And I took this as going inward and looking at my own inner demons. So I had a year of therapy when I was 18 that saved my life. And it was all about looking at the things that I was terrified to look at or that caused painful feelings like grief, loss, and so on. But they were real. They were happening. So I had to deal with them. The moment you find your own truth and the demon inside you lets go of whatever was causing you to leave your true self, you now have a choice. You know your truth. Now do you act on your truth? So like you with your friends, you could just keep trying to behave more like them so that the relationship would continue. Or you can step into what you believe is a truer version of yourself, greater integrity, and you might drift apart for a while or permanently, who knows, but you will be in harmony, intact, whole, in integrity with yourself. And that's how we change the world for the better as well. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because I think it ties into my next question. And that is you have the four different sections of the dark wood of error. Oh, right, right, right. I didn't write them down. Uh, dark wood of error. What was the second section? Inferno. You go into inferno. the internal inferno. And then third then is purgatory. And yeah. And that's a mountain that Dante has to climb, which is like learning to walk your talk. And if you get to the top of that, where you're in real harmony with yourself, you go to paradise. Purgatory to me is going to be the hardest place. I think there's a lot of challenges in each step on this because you are looking at yourself and you are trying to make changes within yourself. But purgatory to me is the hardest because that's where other people come into the mix. And Absolutely. as much as I may sit down and go, okay, I'm going to be very honest with myself. I'm going to look at my truth. I'm going to look at what I need. Not everybody else is accepting of that yep. moment when you decide to take those steps. Yeah. I was raised in the Mormonist place of all Mormonism and we had a very Mormon family. And I realized when I was 29 that I didn't believe it. Well, I realized it before I let myself know that I didn't believe it. And I left the church, thereby losing my entire community of origin, my family of origin. Um, and it was, it was really, really hard to walk my truth at that point. But if I had sold myself to be accepted by all those people, I would have been more comfortable in the short term and suffering desperately on the inside. I got, I was, I was suffering from depression and illness and everything. And all of it healed when I started doing what was true for me, even though I did get a lot of pushback. And then the people who came into my life who are here now are, are so in integrity with my true nature that it's just pure joy. I think one of the challenges too is when it comes to say a workplace where uh, you know a lot of people will say, well, if it doesn't work for you, just quit your job. Well, not everybody has that reality at the moment to do that. Mm. But there are there are people in the workplace that aren't always easy to deal with in that situation, you know. And I find that's that's for me. Like one of my big things that I've really focused on over the last year is a lot of what you talk about in your book with you know finding my true self, finding my integrity. But there's right. always someone that kind of wants to tear that down or isn't willing to let me find my own, if that makes sense to you. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I, I go on these integrity cleanses where I won't tell a single lie for a whole year or whatever. Did that first when I was in my 20s. And at the end of that year, when everything changed for the better and for the worse, uh, I realized that if I were hiding Jews in the basement during the Nazi occupation, I would lie to the Nazis and feel good about it, like the nuns in The Sound of Music, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the important thing is when you're at your job or in a family relationship or whatever, and the culture is off your true self, you can behave compassionately and kindly, but you must not lie to yourself. You 
must sit there and say, you may be saying, okay, it's me. I've got to work harder. And it's, you sit back and go, you know what? It's not me. It's them. <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing what feels true to me. And I'm going to acknowledge that. And I'll make my decisions about when to leave. I mean, I didn't just, I wrote a book about leaving Mormonism, but only 10 years after I left, it took me that long to feel like that was the right thing to do. Your integrity will always tell you what step to take next. What's been really helpful for me in finding my true self and finding integrity has been working from home, as you may be able to see through this video chat. I have this, you know, wonderful sheet behind me to block the laundry that is also uh, behind <laughs> me in my little basement. Uh, but working from home has been great because it's kind of removed me from all of that yeah. office yeah. drama, politics, whatever it may be. And it's really allowed me to focus on the positives that are coming out of what may be a very negative situation for so many people. And it breaks my heart to think of the people that won't take that time to think of the positives in their life or take that time to reflect. So many people are so steadfasted. This is the worst. This is terrible. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's, I just wish they would take those, those few minutes to just sit and go, okay, how can we benefit from this? What can we take as a positive? Well, people are afraid of the inferno. They're afraid of facing the demons that rise up when we get quiet and we get still. And it arises in us individually as we sit in our houses in COVID lockdown. And it happens in a society that's been forced to be quiet for a while. The difficulties and the, the conflicts and the duplicities inside us, they start to rise up into our attention and we have to deal with them. Now you're do doing it with courage and with honor. And a lot of other people just need some time to work up that courage. You know, I don't blame them for a single second, but the, the way of integrity requires um, a kind of the courage to be your, yourself, your whole self and nothing but yourself. And um, you can work inside on that before you have to do it outside because it is a major project, but the reward for self and society is infinite. I, I did reflect so much on so many things uh, while reading your book, um, and especially when it came to the cultural aspects of things. And since we were just kind of on the, the pandemic talk, there are so yeah. many cultural things that were going on before the pandemic hit that right. were probably very negative for a lot of people. We didn't realize it because it was part of culture. Yeah. It was part of society. And it's yeah. weird to me to think that some people still think that that was the best way to go. Like they never they never had a moment to realize, well, wow, that really wasn't good for me, you know? Yeah, I remember the day when I, I was three years old and I went to someone else's house for dinner and I thought, all their silverware is wrong. This is not the right silverware. The silverware, the right silverware was the, the ones my family had. And because I was, I, it was a blind spot, I had no idea that other people had other silverware. So I made assumptions. And most of our blind spots in our integrity are assumptions that we take from the culture. And the, the one ally we have is that it's going to cause disruption at some point. An airplane and structural integrity can fly. If it falls out of integrity, it may crash, not because it's bad, but because it's not in harmony with itself, with reality. So you can count on those people's lives to bring them enough suffering to help them wake up the further they go away from their own truth. That analogy with the airplane is right at the beginning of your book. And it was like a slap in the face right at the start. And I was like, wow. That is such a great point. Like there are things in this world that we trust with our lives, like airplanes, that if one thing is wrong, it could all be yeah. over. But we don't treat our bodies the same way. We don't treat our minds the same way. And why don't we do that? That's something we use every day. Right? That your life really does depend on it. Yeah. But because we're social beings and we depend, especially 
when we're young on other people. Um, the, the social conformity thing is huge for us, more than for any other animal. Your dog is going to be much closer to integrity than you are <laughs> because humans will lie to themselves in order to please others. Fortunately, that causes suffering. So eventually we have to come back around and say, what's hurting me? Oh, what people are telling me isn't right for me. I now have to stand up and live my truth. And you can do it slowly, gently, but you kind of have to do it if you want to get back to wholeness. There was something you talked about in there too, and I'd never heard it put in this term before, but you talked about spider love. And I would love to talk to you about that for just a second too, because I just reading that, I was like, I can't tell you how many of these spider love relationships I've been in. And I never had a term to put to it, but what a fascinating way to look at it. Yeah. I had all these clients who were like, my mother loves me so much. And that's why I can never live my real life because it would destroy her. And I thought, does that mother really love her child? Well, a spider will tell you quite honestly that it loves flies. Like, and it's true, it loves flies. It loves the way they taste, the way they crunch. And the way the spider expresses its love is to wrap up the fly, immobilize it and suck out its life juice whenever the spider gets hungry. There are people who just immobilize their so-called loved ones and try to take joy from the relationship. And it doesn't feel reciprocal and it doesn't feel free. And here's what I learned um, and what's in this book is that true love always sets us free. The Buddha said, wherever you find the ocean, you can know what it is because it, the water will taste of salt. And where, wherever you find enlightenment, you can recognize it because it will always taste of freedom. So true love sets us free. Spider love, no, not so much. <laughs> uh, Martha, this just popped into my head for a second because I, I know we talked about Dante and the Divine Comedy before and how that's that work is so tied into this book of yours. I wonder if we went back in time, how Dante would look at that. Like, would Dante consider himself of writing a self-help book? Like, I wonder about that. I wondered too. And I, uh, there were times when I thought, oh my goodness, what, what if I've just bitten off more than I could chew? <laughs> but the deeper I got into the book and the more I saw the way he was putting the metaphors together, the more I believed he really, really was writing it as a map to help us. And at the very end, he, he comes to the source of the universe. He comes to the God source. And he switches in the last three lines from the past tense to the present tense. And he says, now I become the love that moves the sun and the other stars. And as I read that for about the millionth time, I in my mind's eye, I saw a man in profile and he turned to look at me. And I thought, oh, he stepped into the present, the present moment that is outside of time. And I think he very much was writing to try to heal others because the function of freedom is to free someone else. Well, you're making me want to dig up my old college syllabus or syllabi. I don't really know what the proper term is. Uh, I would, I would stick with just like cliff notes. (laughs) You know, that's the first time somebody from academia has told me to stick with cliff notes in my life. Oh, then everybody's lying because everybody does it. Martha, I love it. I think this book is fantastic. It's really opened my eyes to a lot. It's made me think a lot more about um, how my life is getting pulled in different directions and whether I like that or not and whether I should be allowing that to happen. Uh, really fascinating work. I, I always appreciate um, I always appreciate a book when I'm reading through it that I have to stop 
and then I have to go back a few pages and do it again because I just think like, wait, there, there was really something in there. Like I'll be reading and my mind will wander onto that thought and then go, wait, I need to go back and really, but, and you're so many pages. It took me so long to read it because I kept going back (laughs) to pull these nuggets back out, but it really an amazing work. Thank you so much. It's been so fun talking to you. Well, Martha, before I let you go, just really quick, uh, where can people go to find out more information about you or this book? Um, MarthaBeck.com, plain and simple. Okay, very easy. Well, Martha, absolute pleasure to talk to you. I wish you the best of luck, and and I hope the rest of this uh, promo tour goes smoothly for you. Thank you so much, Jeff. Have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Huge thank you to Martha Beck. I wish that I had more time to chat with her. I had a 30 minute window to talk to her and she was about 10 minutes late. So I lost some of that time, but you know what happens? I'm not mad about it. Still glad that I had the pleasure to speak with Martha for uh, about 21 minutes there. Thank you again to all of you for sharing some of your day with me. I really appreciate it more than I'll ever be able to put into words. Don't forget to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're listening on right now. And don't forget that coming up Monday, May 3rd, I've got a new announcement about the show. Hopefully I'll talk to you soon.